What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to Golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo taking release. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to Golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's G-O-L-O.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who have found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. Please. I'm just kind of, my son is at Mercy Southwest. Is there really an actual active shooter situation going on over there? Give me one moment. Why do you, where did you hear this? Because <laughs> my son was in the room. They said, get back in your room. There's an active shooter situation at Mercy Southwest. Is that, is that true? I'm not, I'm not seeing anything like that. Do you know? Who, who told him this? My son, just, they just had a baby, and, and it came over the actual intercom over there at Mercy Southwest. Is he on the phone? It came over the intersection? Intercom. Intercom? Yeah, an active shooting situation. Do you know anything about that? No, I'm not aware of anything. Okay, All right, thank you. Did, uh, did they give you any... And that's what we got. The caller hangs up. At the moment, the 911 dispatcher had nothing on it. Not a call in their center about it. This is someone who got a call from a son who was in the hospital, called his dad, not the police, to see if there was an active shooter. And that's actually something that happens quite often. People call 911 for their their siblings, their brothers, their sisters, their kids. They don't call directly themselves. They're actually involved in the situation and they don't actually call themselves. It is pretty frequent, and it's unfortunate that it happens like this. So here we are. we got an active shooter. I'm Brandon Hall, and this is Music City 911. So everybody, welcome back to Music City 911. As I said, I'm Brandon Hall, and tonight I've got a repeat guest with us, and that guest is... Hey, it's Brett Sharp back again. So, Brett, on this call, the initial one that we got here on this thing, on this active shooter, what are your thoughts on it? This guy's calling in. He's uh, He's got a son that's there in a the hospital, I presume, with his wife, girlfriend, having a baby, and they, they're they hearing about this active shooter. What what kind of thoughts are going through your head on this? It's, it's real tricky when you've got somebody calling in that's not there and has no information and is looking for you for information, and you have absolutely nothing. Yeah. 
at that point they had nothing it's it's kind of uh weird and funny it does happen like this sometimes though it's it's kind of odd um but you know we'll, we'll uh kind of play some of the other calls because we have a ton of calls on this one uh we'll go ahead and play the next one now and see what happens on this one Nine one one emergency. Hi, I'm calling from Mercy Southwest Hospital. Have you guys gotten a report of an active shooter? No, we're uh, at the hospital. Mercy Southwest Hospital. Uh, no, what's going I, on? I'm a, I'm a nurse here. They called a code black over the um, intercom, mm-hmm. and we called like our chief officer of the hospital, and they didn't know about it being a drill. So as far as we know, it's real. So the, that's what that means then. Code black means an active shooter. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and we don't have any other information. What? Uh, no. What area are you in? They just said code black second floor. I'm in the neonatal intensive care unit. Okay, so second floor. Yes. Okay. And you haven't heard any gunshots. I haven't heard anything. No. Okay. What's your name? Okay, and your phone number? Uh, my personal phone number or the, for the hospital? Uh, cell phone number for you is fine. Okay, I've got police on the way, okay? Okay, thank you. Uh-huh, so fine. So the first caller was outside the hospital getting everything completely and totally, really fourth party if you really can come down to it, and had no information. This caller inside the hospitals hearing these things going off and has called i think they she said the their director of some sort whatever it was still no information on this thing so uh take on that what do you what do you think brett yeah if, if i'm getting that call from the lady inside the hospital or the the first guy the first thing i'm looking at is how many 911 calls we have that are coming in if it says zero i'm a little skeptical if it's 45 50 60 of them backed up then i know it's probably real but for this one it kind of seems like they didn't have that going on it seems like there was obviously they got some calls coming in but nothing like yeah like they should yeah i mean generally we get our first call if somebody uh if if somebody's having a shooting regardless if it's a shooting or a a full-on active shooter we're getting calls from it and it's you know it's actually somebody there seeing the shooting going on so in this case these are all people and i should have made note these first couple calls came in about a minute apart from each other so they are still pretty close it is entirely possible that this is the way it's going on that people from the outside are calling maybe the people that are inside are just simply too scared that it's happening or they're trying to get to cover or there's no telling what's the actual case of what's going on from what i hear on this likely on the second floor of this hospital let's roll on to the next one Hi, um, we are in our um, maternity uh, suite at Mercy Southwest, and we were just told that there's an active shooter, um, so we need the police to be showing up here. Is that- the police department are, sir, the police department are already there. There are units that are already there. Have you heard anything or seen anything? I have not. I just I was out in the hallway and they just said go back in the room. So oh. is there is there a way we can get an update as to whether this thing is resolved or are we just sitting in a room all night? Well, we're addressing the situation right now. We have units that have just arrived. We're assessing it. We're trying to figure out what's going on and we're handling it from there. So right now, follow the advice of the hospital. Remain in your room. 
if the hospital indicates to you to do anything differently, then follow their lead. But right now, we're okay. going to advise you to stay where you are. Yes, they are. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. This call, somebody else inside the hospital, still no information on it, and this call actually came in about seven minutes after the last call. So the first two calls came in a minute apart, and now this one, still no information. What are you thinking? Yeah, it's At that point, I'm very skeptical if there's anything happening. Um, I'm really starting to wonder how that alarm got set off and what kind of procedure there is for, you know, who's sitting off the code blacks. And yeah, I'm wanting to contact them. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that probably happened, but if that comes in, I'm maybe if I take that first or second call, I'm going to be calling the hospital security and saying, Hey, what you guys got over there? Yeah. And you know, you know to be fair too, at this, at this point too, they, uh, they said there's officers on the scene or, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out the situation themselves. We do have situations too that we get a very vague call on, and and it doesn't really unfold until the officers get there. So that's still entirely, entirely the case. Um, it, it's really kind of hard to to get into with this. I'm with you though. At this point, listening to these calls, I'm pretty skeptical about the whole thing. Uh, I especially we only get two calls up front. None of them have information. And we still haven't got any calls from anyone there on the scene saying there are people laying out bleeding that, you know, or whatever. It just, it's not happening yet. And then this guy calls in still seven minutes after the initial call, no suspect, no victim, no nothing. So yeah, it's kind of weird. Get on to the next one. Bakersfield Police. Hey, it's Sylvia with University Police at Cal State. Hi. Hey, do you guys have something going on at the hospital that we need information on? Like, all my units are asking, and they're like, "Where's City going at the hospital?" Okay, we don't have we don't have um, any good information as far as exactly what we're dealing with, but we do have a report of a possible active shooter. Okay, and no description. No. And we're getting conflicting information. Conflicting information. Yeah. Okay. This call came in 11 minutes after the last one, so it's still looking weird. It's That's another agency that's calling the, the initial agency, trying to figure out why there's so many police officers coming from all over to go to this active shooter. Still don't have any information on it yet. Very, very odd. I mean, I, if you're still getting calls like this, I'm I'm more the, to the point, like you're saying, this this has got to be fake. I mean, that's, that's all it is. It's got to be fake or... Maybe somebody pressed the wrong button on their, you know, command console at the, the hospital or whatever that started up this whole code black thing in the first place. I don't know. It's kind of weird. What do you think? Yeah, I I think at this point she's on the same page as us, that call taker, because she, you know, told that other agency, yeah, we're getting conflicting information where, you know, we don't got really got anything. So I think she's on the same page as us where they're just kind of figuring out how this information came about. Yeah, and I, I don't know how... You know, that, that information, I w- really do wish I knew how that would have got started. If, if I was in the hospital, I'd obviously want to know on something like that. I want to know if there's a real active shooter. I want to know the information. Am I safe? What floor I'm on? Am I safe in my room? Do I need to go somewhere else? Do I need to stay in place? All kinds of questions are running through my head. And as you heard, actually, on that, that second caller, the, the nurse that was there, you could hear her start to get emotional when she was talking about, like, giving her, when they were asking about getting her phone number and, everything like that, it, it might have started conjuring these images in her head that this might be her last moments. Don't know. She got really scared, though. Yeah, and she, 
I think she said she was on the neonatal floor, so yeah. I'm sure that's even more scary because got a whole bunch of infants there that she's got to look out for. And yeah, so that's can't even imagine being in that situation. So a lot of stuff, a lot of misinformation or, you know, just kind of bad information. Maybe we still don't know yet. Police officers are still on the scene trying to figure this whole thing out. And then they get this call. 911 emergency. Yeah, we're hearing a lot of pops outside at Mercy Hospital. You're at Mercy Southwest and you're seeing a lot of police officers? Yes. Yeah, we have a lot of police officers out there. So they're coming from outside. Yeah, the police officers. You're, you're hearing, what are you hearing? Poppies. You're hearing what? Cops. Cops, yeah, there's cops. Pops. Like pops, like shots? Yes. Okay, and it's coming from outside where? Yes, I don't know. Okay, what room are you in? I'm in the waiting room. Calling from which waiting room? Like the ER or where? Uh, ER two. Yes. ER. Yes. And how many how many pops are you hearing? Three. Three. Okay. Do you hear anything else? So the initial call on this one came in at seven fifty six. This call about the pops outside is at eight twenty eight. That's a big gap. That's a huge gap. Police are all over outside the scene there. But at least at this point, we're starting to get somewhere. This is not some sort of a blind thing that's happening that there's no information on anymore. It's actually getting some substance to it, hearing some gunshots, three gunshots outside. Still a little bit odd, though, because the police officers are out there. Maybe they found somebody with a gun. Maybe they're doing the shooting. Maybe the the suspect's out there shooting at the police officers. But at least it's something. It's more than absolutely nothing. So she goes and reports that to the, her police officers, that this guy that's in the ER is hearing gunshots outside. And there was a little bit of a confusion there. He was saying pops, and she thought he was saying cops. <laughs> so, you know, at least that's that's a little bit something else. But there's probably a lot of confusion going on at this point you know, more than a half hour into this thing or close to a half hour somewhere around there and they got all this going on very very odd still don't know what's going on completely police officers been out there for probably i'd say what do you think i mean average response time they've been there for at least 20 minutes wouldn't you think oh yeah definitely at least and you don't have active shooter incidents that last that long it's it's a few minutes at most so yeah for it to him be hearing things like that outside is very, very unusual. Yeah. So I'm still a little bit skeptical about this whole thing. Um, even with the, the pops they're hearing outside, but you know, that's, that's just kind of how it goes, but we'll see what the next call holds. 911, what is the address of your emergency? I'm at Mercy Southwest Hospital in Bakersfield, California. Okay. Where are you in the hospital? I'm um, in the birth center. I'm a mother. I just saw on ABC news that there's an active shooter. We have we um, have officers in the hospital now for the situation. Do you is anybody okay. injured in where you are? No, I was just wondering what I needed to do. Okay, just. Okay, just stay stay safe. Find a safe place where you are. Or not, you know, just find a safe place. And where, you said you're in the birth center? What's your room number? What's your name? What's your phone number?
Okay. My husband's going to barricade the door. Okay. Have you seen anybody or heard anything? No, our nurse went to go get uh, my uh, son a, a warming tray about an hour ago. Okay. And we noticed that she hadn't come back, and then I saw the news. Okay. All right. I'm going to update the information. I'm sorry? It's really quiet up here. Yeah. We've got we've got officers that are there for, for handling the situation, so you know, just stay safe. Okay, thank right. you so much, ma'am. Of course, thank you. This call came in a minute after the last one, so still in that half hour kind of area right there. This person is a patient inside the hospital, and she saw on the TV that there was an active shooter in the hospital that she's staying at. I mean, for good reason. She's calling. If she doesn't know, if she didn't hear all the announcements, if it goes over the whole hospital, I don't know. But if she doesn't know what's going on and she sees that on the news at the place she's at, yeah, I mean, she's, I'd be alarmed. Wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine what that would be like turning the TV on and that popping up and still it doesn't seem like we have any more information as to what's going on. Yeah, yeah still. And, you know, the, the dispatchers, you know, on all these calls so far, they're doing as good of a job as they can trying to figure out what's going on and also trying to relate to the callers, you know, what they should do, you know, and particularly this one, at this point, the officers are there. They're probably doing a, almost like a room to room search of the whole hospital just to make sure. Um, and the officer's minds, they've questioned probably dozens of people at this point and whether or not they, they know anything or not. From this point, it, it sounds like they probably don't have anything. No one's given any good information, but still, they still have to do their search. On this, yeah, it's it, it's they just have to tell them to you know be be safe. You know, the the dispatchers have to tell, tell the callers be safe, and that's really all you can do. Yeah, there's no no right or wrong answer that you can give them as to yeah you should run out of the hospital or you should hide in your room. There's no there's no you know give all take all answer that just covers everything yeah generally you know i in the whole active shooter realm i subscribe to the whole run hide fight scenario and um if you're not familiar with that that's either you run away from the the danger you hide somewhere or if the the danger is presented right in front of you and you have no other choice you fight that's kind of where i you know sit at with something like this but it's not something that easy to do when you're telling somebody else you know when they're in a hospital and they're a patient there. You can't necessarily tell a patient, oh, yeah, I know that you're connected with a, an IV and you've got a cardiac monitor on. And, yeah, go ahead and run out of the hospital. Yeah, they're just kind of – they got – the hospital staff really should be coming around telling them what to do or locking their doors. You know, something is what I felt should have happened there. Yeah. Yeah, it's – yeah, it's, it's turned out to be a, a more and more weird situation. And then we get the next call. Police department. Hi, um, I was just calling on the, the issue that's going on at Mercy Sounds Uh-huh. Um, I'm a nurser, and I know the guy that was active shooter. His name's... Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know his last name? I don't. Know I don't know his last name, but I know he got fired there, and he's a disgruntled employee, and that's who he is. And he might have a friend with him. 
so there might be a second shooter. I don't know. How are you getting this information? From, I'm a nurse that works there, and um, one of the nurse practitioners that works there knows him. Well, even though she knows him, how does she know it was him? Um, I just know that it's something to do with it. But his name, that's why I just wanted to put that information out there. Okay, what is the nurse practitioner's name? Hello? I don't want to give her name out. You don't want to give your name out either? No. Okay. Uh, what if we were to have an officer call you over the phone? Is that something you would be interested in doing? If they found out more information, and yes, I will talk. Okay. And then any description on him? Is he white, black, or Hispanic? He, he's white. He's a white male. About how old is he? Yeah. Like 30s, 40s? I in his 30s. 30s? Okay, and when did you last see him? Like, when I've was he fired? Do you know when? I haven't personally ever met him, and so. Okay. I, this is everything that I've been given, and I just want to let you guys know. And do you know if he owns any weapons at all? No, I don't know that. Okay. And do you know what kind of friend he might be with? I'm just trying to get as much information. I know, I know. Um, no, I have no idea what kind of friend he would be with. What about a phone number to the nurse practitioner? Maybe we can just speak with her over the phone? If not, it's okay. I mean, I don't want to force you into anything. Okay. I know. I don't I don't want to give that out, and I don't know. But all I know is that I have heard that he is a disgruntled and he got fired, and this is him, and he might have a second shooter. With him. Okay. Okay. I just want that. But you don't know whether or not no. he's still at the hospital or not. Um, I think he's still there. Like he hasn't been caught. So. So you believe he is still there? Probably. Okay. Okay. I mean, we're all watching it, so the, <laughs> this issue go down, but oh. I just, I have heard things, I guess, mm -hmm. with two friends, and I just, yeah, I have friends and staff that are on site and have heard things, and I just want people, I, I guess I want people to be more aware, but he's an ex-employee. His name's and I don't know how far we can go with that because I don't know his last name, but okay. I do know that much. Okay. So, like, if you could find an employee that has been fired just recently, his name's mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay. All right, and um, I'll, I'll 
I guess that's all I can get. If that's it, um, I'll go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. It's okay. And um, I just your phone don't know number, name much if, more. Yeah, your phone number, if we ever need to speak with you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Okay, bye-bye. So now we're getting a little somewhere at least. We've got maybe a suspect on this. They didn't, they, they've kind of taken the suspect's name out and everything from this. It's a little bit weird still. She would not give any information about herself and who she got it from. She wouldn't give those names up. She did give a couple phone numbers there. So maybe they could call them and get a little bit further information, whatever like that. But still, nothing really concrete. It's a white guy that was fired from there. His, he's disgruntled did give his name but they redacted that and he may have a friend that's there as a second shooter so i'm wondering did the officers get there right when this started out happening and didn't really even give anybody a chance to to call the police other than people that are just kind of on the outskirts outskirts of this whole thing they don't know i mean they're everybody that's called other than the one guy that was there and saying he he heard some pops going on Nobody else was actually there really on the scene. Everybody was either a different part of the hospital or just a, you know, not even at the hospital themselves at all. So, and this woman was no different. She wasn't there, but she knew who the shooter was and maybe has a second shooter with him. What do you think on this one? To me, it just sounds like two coworkers gossiping after they heard the news of a possible active shooter at the hospital and saying, Hey, do you remember that weird guy that uh, got fired and started, you know, talking all that? stuff about the hospital but there's still nothing that says it's him there's not you know like oh he called somebody and said that he was about to go do this no it was just oh we think it might be him yeah exactly and actually she said she said i know who it is i know who the active shooter is first call came in seven fifty six p.m this woman that called that last part she called at ten twenty eight p.m so a good good ways a couple hours more than a couple hours after the initial call came in she's sitting there watching the news and kind of like you said gossiping with her friend about what may have been or mm-hmm. you know and and granted the news they can be kind of slow on some of the stuff i mean as far as gathering the information and at the same time it's a hospital there if the officers are doing a room to room clearing of a hospital that takes a lot of time i mean they're they're in there i would say to to be fully completely sure that there is or isn't an active shooter inside a place like that, at least a couple hours worth of room clearing and questioning people, things like that, just to make absolute one way or the other. And in this case, there was no shooter. All those calls, everything that came down to it, there was not a shooter at all. Thankfully, there was no gunman last night and no injuries were reported. A code black was called. 17's Karen Waugh was at Mercy Southwest today, and she joins us now from upstairs from our studio to explain the protocol. Mercy Southwest is proud of the way its staff responded to the chaos last night. Though no shots were fired, it was an opportunity to implement their training for emergency situations. Code black. We have three codes. We have a code gray, which is combative person. We have a code silver, which is a person with a weapon and or a hostage. We have a code black, which is active shooter. However, codes don't have the same designation at hospitals universally. At Mercy Southwest, after a series of phone calls, they issued a code black. Their protocol 
we immediately announce it overhead and we go into our disaster mode. And that was from KGET News. And that was there in Bakersfield, California, where all this happened at. As far as I can tell, I've looked around. I can't figure out what it was that actually caused all this to happen. The security supervisor there mentioned something about having several calls. I don't know if that actually was just somebody prank calling or what. I couldn't find an actual reason anywhere I looked. If somebody can find a, an actual article pointing to saying what it, what it actually was, please feel free to email me or mention on the discussion group that we have anything like that at all. But this whole thing seems like it was a hoax. They never found an active shooter. Nothing at all. So, I don't know. Well, they're, they're sitting there in the news interview hyping up their response and everything, but not a single person from their staff, as far as the calls that we've seen, have reported anything to the police. No. They've just said, we got an active shooter, told people we have an active shooter, but didn't tell the most important people in our city that we have an active shooter. Exactly. So... There are some things I think they learned from it. I mean, maybe the right people there jumped into place and did their thing. But in essence, I mean, in, in the big scheme of things, I guess I should say, is that if there's an active shooter at your business or your hospital or whatever like that, don't just call your security. Call 911, get them notified, tell them what you see try to get some actual help there. Cause a lot of the security guards at hospitals, they're not armed. They, you know, they may have some pepper spray. They may have a taser. They may have a nice flashlight and whistle. I don't know, but they usually don't have a gun or anything that will be effectively combative to someone who's there to shoot people. And, and even if they were armed, that's great and all, but if you got a police officer that's driving by sees a guy running, shooting a gun outside, you know, he, he doesn't know what's going on. Exactly. So he has no idea if this is a rogue security guard, if there's something, he's going to key up on the radio and say, I've got shots fired over here at the hospital. Do you know why? Yeah. And they have no clue. So you have to absolutely, you have to call the police on this call 911. If you have an active shooter, if you are suspicious, kind of like this, yes, still call the police, but you know, call with as much information as you can get. Yeah, the information in those calls that, you know, he said they were receiving would have been very valuable within the first few, you know, minutes of that incident to know yeah. what, what the hospital and what information they've got, what was told to them. Exactly. And there, there, it seems like there wasn't anything really shared other than they play over their intercom system, code black, second floor. That's nothing. I mean, okay. I, I mean, as a, a, a patient at the hospital or a doctor or nurse or just a regular employee there, I understand that. I mean, I. If I hear second floor code black, there's an active shooter there. All right, I'm staying the hell away from the second floor. I get that. <laughs> but at the same time, I do want to know if there's something else. I mean, if if you have somebody that's close enough to the intercom system that can say, oh, there's the active shooter. We have him on security camera. This guy is a male white. He's about 30 years old. He's wearing a doctor's uniform and he's carrying a gun. So please <laughs> be aware of this person that's walking through the hospital shooting people. And he looks like this, and he's the one carrying the gun. I'm running away. I'm getting out of there as, as quick as I can, or at least trying to, like they're saying, run, hide, fight. Some of those patients can't leave. Barricade the doors, lock them down, however they have to, just to keep the that shooter out of there. But there's none of that information, nothing. So took them forever to get through with everything. 
no shooter, no nothing. And the security guard is very happy about their response to it. I'm not really happy about the response to it. Yeah. I, I know you're not. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm kind of appalled at it. But here's something that's a, a twist in this whole thing. This came from the Mercy Hospital Southwest. That's in Bakersfield, California. Two months later, a little bit over two months later, Mercy Hospital, Chicago, Illinois. This is what we got. One, three, three. 133 units, send one in on the citywide. We're getting person with a gun. 2525 South Michigan coming in with details to follow. Um, male Hispanic, 25, Juan Lopez, black jacket. Carla says she doesn't see the gun, but he threatened he would shoot her and himself. No further information is on Fort Station Square. Yeah, 163, we're right around the corner. So far. What time the description? Uh, male Hispanic, about 32 years old, in a black jacket. 163 boys, you put it on our box. And it's also coming in as an assault in progress at 2510 South King. Um, the caller says she's leaving Mercy, so... We're getting 2525 South Michigan and 2510 South King, somewhere between there. So this is a little bit different. You got a guy with a gun out there, and this is the police audio from it. He's walking around outside the hospital threatening people with a gun. He They're relaying that to the officers. They're getting description. They're getting good information on this. This seems like this is a... You know, at the moment, it's a person with a weapon call. He's not actually shot anybody, you know, but he's on the property of the hospital walking around threatening people with a gun or saying at least he has one, something along that lines. And they're likely going to try to figure that out all out when they get out there, all the details, things like that. Compared to that first call, what are you thinking on this, like, as far as uh, the, the content, I guess, that we're getting on this call so far? Yeah, this got a little bit more of a pucker factor to it when you know yeah, when you hear that. That's and, right. and those calls came in pretty quick. I mean, by the time she dispatched it, they already had the second caller saying she was leaving Mercy Hospital and had the exact same information as the other person. Yeah. So you got people corroborating each other's stories. Got units that said they were right around the corner. So again, it's it's happening quick. It's not this drawn out process of thirty minutes of you know between calls. It's quick. Yeah, they're right there next to each other. They're getting a lot of information. Uh, you know, we always say multiple callers, you know, if we get multiple callers saying the same thing, generally it seems like a, a legit type thing. Yeah. Especially when it comes to, uh, like house fires, for example, you know, you'll get one call saying there's flames coming from the roof on a major street and that's it. You're like, nah, but you all of a sudden got 10 people calling in saying that this building's on fire. Even the fire department, they know they're like, okay, this is going to be a good one. Yeah, exactly. And they, and you know, if, if it's one thing, if, Say that you have, uh, I don't know, we'll just go, you know, Max, the Empire State Building in New York. If one person calls in and says there's flames shooting out the, the side of the building about midway up and they hang up the phone or, you know, they give a little bit more information, whatever like that, and then no one else calls, <laughs> that's likely a false call. I'm not saying it absolutely is a 100% false call, but I'd probably say about 99% it's a false call. If he's, if that's the only person calling, if you get multiple calls, 
that's probably, you know, from, from different people, that's likely going to be a, a real call. I'd say 99%. Yes. It's a real call. Yeah, for sure. So this one plays out further. Let's hear the rest of it. emergency room for that person with a gun in front of Mercy's emergency room. We're in a male white, black hat, white hoodie, and black coat. Says he has a gun and he's threatening his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. One more time in the description. Male white, black hat, white hoodie, black coat. 10-1, Where are you? All units, we're getting a 10-1-10-1 outside of Mercy Hospital. No further information. Shot fired in front of Mercy Hospital. We got a uh, HPG situation. Let's get squad over here. Let's get more cars. Make sure we have a perimeter set up over here. Starting over at um, was that Michigan Avenue. He's in the parking lot. He's in the parking lot with a gun in his hand. All right, we have him in the parking lot with a gun in his hand. In Mercy's parking lot with a gun in his hand. We need more units at Mercy Hospital. All right, so our officers get on the scene. Uh, as they're getting on the scene, it sounds like maybe uh, someone's calling in saying that this person is out there threatening his ex-girlfriend or his girlfriend, one or the other, which is a bad scenario. You got somebody with a gun that shows up at somebody's work with a with that gun specifically for their ex-girlfriend or girlfriend. That's a bad that's a bad thing going on right there. And then we hear the shots fired. That's something and I think I've said on this show before, if you're on the radio and you hear an officer start screaming shots fired, that's about as bad as you can start feeling on the radio like you immediately if you're already at this heightened sense of emotion in the first place that you've got all this going on in the hospital, multiple callers on it, you know that it's real at this point, and then they get on the scene and start yelling shots fired, you feel that in the top of your head almost. I mean, it, it, you really feel it all over if you're the dispatcher in this. And I'm sure, I'm, obviously the officers, they're, they're there as well. They're in the middle of it. Their emotion just got you know, even more heightened than all the other officers that are on the way. They're feeling the same thing, trying to get there as fast as they can. And this whole thing continues on after that. Please don't anybody, we're going now. Don't anybody approach him. We don't need anybody coming into that lot. No one approach him. No one going to the lot. What third thing are we going all right, our units, just go. Let me know when you get on scene. Live shots fired. Live shots fired, squad. We have live shots fired. Four shots fired in the parking lot of Mercy Hospital. 33 Henry, send it over. Squad, make sure we have Michigan. One. They're stepping on each other. 163, where are we? We're shutting it down. Someone block Michigan, please. Oh. All right, we have them going into the hospital. Any units? Where is he now? Do we still have eyes on him? 
So at this point, one person shot in the parking lot. It's getting kind of real at this point. I mean, it's it was already real when we got all the calls, when they got all the calls. But it's just stepped up. It went from a person with a weapon to a shots fired to now we've got an actual shooting with a victim. Those are gradual steps up to something that seems like it's going to turn out to be not so great. Does anyone have 
out. He's a male white. Looks like he's wearing a black hat. White hoodie underneath with a black jacket. All right. Do we have eyes on him now? Does anyone have eyes on him now? Go back in the... All right. He went back in...
I take it on that officer that's supposed to help that street. 166, hold here for a second. of that play out a little bit and you know without us interrupting and it actually plays out even more past that but you get the idea of what happened there there's a lot that was going on it was real fast paced um and i i really hate to say this especially on a uh you know a a true crime podcast so to speak because a lot of people that are not in our industry won't really understand this too much but once i say these words out loud i think you'll probably agree with me even for someone not as a dispatcher those radios they use really suck they're terrible yeah i I can't stand the radios that have that little squelch at the end of everybody's traffic it's just there's no 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 need for when they stop talking you know they're done talking yeah exactly luckily in nashville we've never had anything well while i've been working there we've never had anything like that but i would hate to be that officer and every single time or or the dispatcher either one after you get finished talking immediately you hear yeah and it's it seemed they have the radio system that we probably had where she can hear them when they're all keying up at the same time because she heard some information that you couldn't hear in the recording when she was repeating it yeah it sounds like you know that so that was she did an absolutely phenomenal job making sure that everybody knew 
wherever the suspect was when they found out and yeah. what he was wearing that he had a long gun, you know, so she did an absolutely phenomenal job. Yeah. I'm not faulting the dispatcher at all for this because she was on top of everything. And to give you an idea too, the closest radio system that we had to something like this was probably when I was there, uh, at Nashville's dispatch, maybe at, you know, two or three years, we got a new system. So it's about 2002, 2003, somewhere around there that we got a system where, the officers couldn't key up over top of each other and all of them be talking at once. This actually took place in 2018. So that's pretty recent. And they still had these old radio systems up there working. And I I don't know if they've still got them or not. They may still have them, but that's, if they do still have them, please, please get some new radios. I know they're (laughs) expensive. Find it somewhere in your budget, get the new radios. It it can be a lifesaver. It really can. So getting back on the content of the call itself, that actually happened November 19th of 2018. The suspect in it, his name is Juan Lopez. I think they actually said that uh, early on in the radio traffic. So that, uh, you know, they, it ended up that he went out there. The person they shot in the parking lot was his, his ex fiance. He later got in a shootout with the police officers and uh, he was also killed. Not really sure. Kind of back and forth information that he may have either shot himself in the head after receiving other gunshot wounds, or maybe one of the officers actually shot him and did him in. But before all that happened, he managed to shoot another person inside the lobby and then actually shot a police officer. In total, there were four people dead, including the police officer. It's unfortunate that any of them uh, had to die that day just because this one person is going crazy and having his issues or whatever. And he has to involve all these other people in it too and go over there and start shooting. I mean, I can't stand people like this. I mean, obviously anybody that does like people like this, it's, you know, they're insane too. But on this here, um, fortunately, unfortunately, I'm not sure how you'd really say it there. Uh, the oversight board up there determined that they were not going to release the actual 911 calls, uh, for a couple different reasons. The, uh, one of the callers was from the ex-fiance herself. She was an ER doctor there. She called saying this person was there with a gun and said he would kill her, and he did. So in in this case, and this happens sometimes with 911 calls, they will hold back, not release the information if for someone who's been killed. It's not always. It's not always the case. But some agencies or jurisdictions decide that's what they want to do. In this case, that was what happened. So in this instance, he went there, demanded a ring from his ex-fiancee. He apparently did not receive it, and he ended up shooting her six times. Altogether in the whole exchange, the shooter actually shot about 40 times at the police and all of the other people inside there. The police officer that was shot was 28-year-old Samuel Jimenez. Two other victims were identified as Tamara. O'Neill, which was the ER doctor, and a 25-year-old by the name of Dana Less. She was a pharmacy resident. So on the crime part of this, uh, Brett, what kind of thoughts you got on it? I mean, it's it, it was something that played out just really piece by piece. You know, a lot of times we get these calls. I mean, when we do get the calls, it's, it's not often that we get an actual shooter call like this. But we don't usually have something that plays out piece by piece like this over the phone with us. And 
goes the way it does. I mean, usually we'll have somebody there and it stops beforehand. This time it didn't. Yeah, person with the weapons calls. I mean, we get probably those ten a shift, if not more. Normally they turn out to not be. It's just somebody saying that there's a weapon involved because they know that we're going to be coming a whole lot quicker than if it was just an argument. But this went from just that, you know, just a person with a weapon call to an officer involved shooting, you know, with the shots being fired once the officer got there. Yeah. To then an active, you know, an active shooter where he was, you know, we didn't know if he was inside the hospital or if he was still out in the parking lot. They didn't know where he was for a little while. So it's, it escalated very quickly and it just went from, you know, like you said, a whole, it just step by step went, got worse and worse. Yeah. And it's something you uh, said something there. Didn't know if they had one or two shooters. There was a lot of bad information on this. And, you know, something that you'll hear on, you know, from detectives, things like that. Eyewitnesses can be some of your best information. They can also be some of your worst information. In this case, it seems like it may have been a little bit of both. They, I'm not even sure how in the world they got the shooter going in a car down the street. And then he was on the corner of a different street, completely in a different medical facility they're probably getting this information from other citizens that are there on the scene and they don't know. It's one of those things, I guess they see or hear something and they tell a neighbor and they tell a neighbor or whatever like that. And by the time it's done, this person's hopped a plane to, you know, Karachi or something like that. Yeah. It's just a big violent game of telephone. Yeah. It, so, you know, in this, if you're an actual real witness, you actually see this stuff happening. You know, if, if you listen to this show, and you're there on the scene, you actually see this guy with a gun. If you actually really see him get into a car, yes, tell the police that. If you don't see him get in the car, please don't make that up. Please don't conjure something in your head. I mean, I understand that some people are under a inordinate amount of stress during something like this going on. I get that. But this was a, you know, a single shooter. There was no double shooters. There, there, there wasn't anybody else there. It was just the one person. Nobody got in the car. Nobody left. Nobody went to another wing of the hospital. It all happened right there in the one area. And it was a shootout from start to finish. Yeah. And to play a little devil's advocate to that, I mean, I don't know how it's built in Chicago, but they're a bigger city than we are. Most of our hospitals are surrounded by equally as large buildings. So if you got somebody shooting in that area, it's going to be echoing. You know, then you got officers shooting back, so you got more echoing. So I can see how it could kind of be confusing. But that vehicle part, you know, you got to be very careful, especially as an officer with what you're putting out on the radio, because, you know, we hear that and that's being taken as a fact, you know. So it's it's difficult when you like the dispatcher's trying to clarify. She goes, Did this, do we have two shooters? Is he in a car? Is he in the hospital? Where's he at? Yeah. And just kind of going along that same lines. If you have an officer responding, if they give out that uh, a description, let's just say it's a, I don't know, a white Ford Bronco. You know, no OJ involved with this, but <laughs> if it's a white Ford Bronco and it's driving away from this thing for whatever reason, and it has nothing to do with it, but the officers reported that it may be an active shooter or another suspect or another shooter, something like that. An officer responding that sees that is going to pull them over likely pull them out as a felony stop, which is at gunpoint, and they could have nothing at all to do with this. They could be somebody that that hears the shots and just trying to drive away from it. They could have just been at a close-by intersection and just trying to drive by and just caught someone's eye leaving just as the shots ring out or something and have nothing to do with it at all. 
it's it's very very dangerous situation from all angles on this so please if you are out there and you get involved with this i hope none of you do please give as the the best amount of information you can so that was really a kind of an up and down episode tonight it was uh we started out with a complete and total false call on an active shooter and then we ended up with an actual active shooter i just found this really odd as i was doing the research and all this as I was saying earlier about the oversight board not releasing the calls, the actual 911 calls, I found it odd that I did in fact find 911 calls from Mercy Hospital on an active shooter. It just turned out they were completely separate hospitals in different states, but they were really close by each other as far as the time goes. Those are very odd circumstances to go from one place to another, thousands of miles away from each other, very close together in time to have something like that happen. So I kind of stumbled upon one while researching the rest. So that was pretty odd. But yeah, complete false call, then an active shooter, which actually, before that, that was the deadliest hospital active shooter that they've had, I believe it was over 20 years when that actually happened. So even if it was just four people, that's, you know, anybody getting shot in a hospital, that's, that's too many. But four people shot, that's, that's crazy inside a hospital and outside for that matter it's on their property yeah it's definitely a big coincidence for sure that was uh pretty interesting to hear about yeah all right well i guess that'll probably wrap us up for the for this episode uh, i'd like to thank everybody for listening please share the show with your friends and family anybody that might like to listen to a show like this any fellow dispatchers if you're out there let your other dispatchers know police officers firefighters Anyone who would enjoy the show. From Music City 911 tonight, I'm Brandon Hall, and with me was Brett Sharp. Y'all have a good one. See ya. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.